challenges to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hello, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. I'm Tracy, and Leslie, and the two of us come. I am Tracy, and Leslie is my co-host. I guess I'm not Leslie and Tracy. Anyway, my name is Tracy, and uh, we come together on a weekly basis simply to say yes to spirit, to say yes to spirit working in, as, and through each one of us. And every week we have a theme on the show, and the purpose of having the theme is to give us some place to jump off from with this conversation about what does it mean to say yes to spirit. How is your life when you say yes to spirit? What happens in your life? How do you show up? How do you impact other people? And how does whatever happens in the world impact you? This week, our theme is the law of cause and effect. And you probably saw the the questions on the website, what is the spiritual law of cause and effect? How does this law work in our lives? And that's what we're, we are going to be talking about today. I do want to stop for a minute and um, answer a question that several people have asked. And it's been asked two ways. People who have listened to us for a while have asked the question, wait, wait, what happened? Um, You're not on at 10 a.m. You know, you weren't on at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning last week. Uh, Was somebody sick? And uh, the reality is, no, we were not on at 10 a.m. last uh, Saturday, which has been our regular time for about a year. Uh, And the year before that, we were on Monday, Monday mornings at 11 a.m., but this month, the month of March and into April of 2012, we are playing around with the time. We are trying different days and times uh, just to see where we want to land for the rest of 2012 and into 2013. So if you are listening for the first time, that's the other way the question has come up. Last week we were on uh, on an evening, on a Thursday or Friday evening, and we got a couple of emails from people saying, hey, we've never heard you before, um, you were having some technical difficulties, but we really liked the part of the show once you got the technical difficulties resolved. So my guess is there may be a few of you who are listening in right now on a Saturday evening who have never heard of this show before. And so I really want to welcome you to Say Yes to Spirit. And I want to let you know that if you do enjoy the show this evening, that uh, we really encourage you for the next four to six weeks to simply go back to the primary show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash YTS and see when we are scheduled. Each week may be a little different for four to six weeks until we decide where we want to commit, what time is going to be our new time for the show. So thanks for listening, whether you are a a listener who's been with us for a while or whether you are hearing us for the first time. And one of the shows, one of the things that we do on the show on a regular basis is that during the first ten minutes of the show, we try to connect the dots between our most recent show and the theme for the current show. Last week, our theme was Lent, and we had this really fabulous conversation about the meaning of Lent and the metaphysical meaning of Lent, the meaning of Lent in the traditional Christian church, 
Uh, we talked a little bit about the beginnings of Lent and how different people respond to and think about or deal with Lent in 2012. And one of the really big things that kept coming up was people think of Lent as giving up something and talk about Lent so much as giving up of something and how hard it is and they complain about their own decision to participate in the Lenten season and how that is really irritating, at least for me. It was really irritating because, you know, in my frame of mind, if you make the decision to participate in Lent, and then, number one, know why you're doing it and why you chose what you chose, and then whatever you choose, don't complain about it because the whole process of Lent is a spiritual deepening and really it's a preparation and a reminder for you of the importance and the prominence and the priority that um, that God has in your life. And so if the purpose is to give up something that may be a distraction for you and something that could be coming between you and your focus on God, then that's why you choose to give it up. So how does that relate to what we are talking about today? So that whole idea of giving up something in order to reconnect with the prominence of God in your life really does relate to this idea of cause and effect because in two ways. One way it relates is that obviously if you are giving up something in Lent for the cause of recommitting or renewing your relationship with God, then that will become the effect. The other way I think it relates to the law of cause and effect is what I was saying was my pet peeve last week about uh, people giving up something for Lent and then complaining about it and saying how hard it is and focusing on the difficulty of it. Well, the law of cause and effect works there too because as long as they keep saying it's difficult and it's so hard, then that's the effect they're going to get. And so there's a direct relationship to that idea that, you know, what you're thinking or what you're choosing or what you're claiming actually does show up in your life. So that's my connect the dots. But, Excellent. If, but if you have listened for any <laughs> length of time, you know that connect the dots really is Leslie's thing. passion for it. it. She has an obsession with it. <laughs> Some people call it a passion. Some people call it an obsession. I like that you use the word pet peeve. I haven't heard that in a long time. I like that. Pet peeve. Well, I don't get on my soapbox <laughs> too often, but there are some things that really aggravate me, and that is one of them. So, yes. so before we go to a break, Leslie, are there um, any? Is there anything else that connects the dots for you between Lent last week and the law of cause and effect this week? You know, as you were talking, I, I was thinking, the thing that I took away from last week that I didn't go into the hour thinking about so much was it's really about the intention behind the giving up of something in Lent. I really had never thought much about that. And I think the intention behind, as I'm thinking about cause and effect, I'm a big person on affirmations and I can do a lot of talking and I can shift my thinking, but I'm learning that it's really the feeling beneath that creates the effect, which is yes. really disappointing because, you know, I can do affirmations all day long, and that really should be enough. So I think this week will be a, a similar kind of thing for me to understand that there's a, a deeper something behind the uh, the external thing of giving up in Lent or the external thing to say, you know, that I am the cause of, of, of what is the circumstance and the effect of my life. So I'm not really looking forward to talking about that, but I think I'll find the same thing, that I'm, I have to go deeper. Well, if we believe in the law of cause and effect, <laughs> then yes, you have just stated... I'm not going to enjoy the next hour. You have just yes. stated an intent. Ooh. 
and you will cause that effect. <laughs> but let's go to a break, and we'll be back in about a minute to talk about the law of cause and effect. Stay with us. You're listening to Say Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. I liked that music. That was different. That was soothing. I hadn't heard music before. Tracy and I have commented the the beginning music, regardless of what kind of mood or thought or anything that I am in, when I hear the theme music to Just Say Yes, it energizes me in such a powerful way, and I really do... I think music has such a, um, I don't know, a really deep way of connecting to my soul. And so, can we have more upbeat music or I'm going to fall asleep? No, I'm kidding. I hope you're kidding. <laughs> it was lovely, though. It was very soulful. It was very soulful. Well, you know, um, and this is not on our topic of cause and effect, really. But, I just but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, I would change the music. Like probably every month, every three, four, or five shows, I would add new music or you know. But Leslie, you are such a creature of habit, and you really don't like change very much. That's true, I am. I'm very so every now and then I sneak something new in, and actually that's been in for a month, and I have played it before, but you just didn't hear, didn't notice it. See, it takes me a while. I get so I get in resistance to it so strongly, I just don't hear it the first two times you play it. So there you go. I am. I, that is really, I am very much into the routine of things. I think that's... And I love routine. However, I like variety. You're far healthier than I am. We've already established that. That's good. <laughs> uh, well, well, I don't know about that. I'll have our guests out. The cause and effect, though, that kind of puts everybody on an equal playing field, doesn't it? You don't have to necessarily be have all of your emotional issues worked out or be a spiritual guru or you know, anyone, no, anyone about play that game. You cause the effect. So right. the, uh, the spiritual law of cause and effect uh, from the website Soul Progress, this is as good a summary as any. Every day we create the events and circumstances of our lives. We do that through the power of our interpretations, our beliefs, our orientations, and our motivations. If we are unaware of what we're doing on those levels of causation, especially on the levels of belief and interpretation, we're often bewildered by what happens. In that case, the explanation truly is, I don't know my own strength. And I like this summary because Without some of the summaries that I looked at have a lot of theology behind mm-hmm. them, or mm-hmm. but I like this because it really is that about what we cause in our lives based on what we believe, and what we are motivated by or motivated to do, and when we're not consciously choosing, we're still choosing, right by default they say. And so when we're not consciously choosing 
our default beliefs, our subconscious beliefs, our feelings about our reactions to things show up, and they're running our lives, not us. And that's all the law of cause and effect is, that by our choices, our beliefs, et cetera, and our interpretations of what's going on around us, that causes things to happen in our lives, which is the effect. It's what shows up. Right. You want to hear my real difficulty with the law of cause and effect? The fact that it's a law? You're close. What? I would love to. Listeners, would you love to hear what Leslie's difficulty? Difficulty? You didn't say issues. Difficulty. Issue difficulty. Um, And you were were right. The fact that it's a law, that it's not, there's no warm and fuzzy. There's no points for trying. There's no, like, you work so hard and you just can't quite get it, so we're going to give it to you anyway. There's none of that. No, it just And I really don't like that. I want And you can't cry (laughs) and get your way. You can't manipulate it. You You can't can't act one way and be another. It does or it doesn't. The law of gravity, Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. works whether you like it, whether you know about it or not. The law of gravity happens. You drop something, it falls. You live long enough, it sags. I mean, the law of gravity (laughs) works. Right. And the law of cause and effect does the same thing. Well, I think, you know, I did when I first started Science of Mind Church, what, six years ago, seven years ago, five years ago, four years ago, whatever it was. I I haven't been in Science of Mind that long. But so the idea of cause and effect, the the law, I really did struggle with that idea that it's so impersonal and it's so, it doesn't care what I choose because I want to think that it cares. Oh, I should have been able to guess that. We've had that conversation uh before. And, um, and, and, And I still struggle on and off with it, but what Reverend Petra has helped me see at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas is that there's two pillars of belief, the law of cause and effect and then the law of law, right? The the law, the pillar of law, the pillar of cause and effect, right? So the two two operating things going at the same time. So it's not just this black and white kind of pinball kind of thing that your life is this random... You know, not, it's not random, but you know, just a black and white unfeeling that there's this sense of energy, love, source, God, whatever we call it, functioning at the exact same time as the law of the cause and effect. But the God isn't the energy of love, isn't going to step in and change the cause of law and effect. No. But it's certainly out there rooting for me. So that's what I like. <laughs> That's the law of love. Love wants it to work out well. So love is rooting for you. And the cause of law and effect is black and white. Is neutral. Is neutral. So I'm okay with that. Love is not rooting for you. I think love is rooting for me. Love is simply accepting you as you are. Which is rooting for me in my... And saying whatever you want... Is rooting yes, but for me. Law is <laughs> love is not going to come in and change. No, 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 no it's not going to change anything. No, it's not going to change anything. And it's not going to say. But it loves oh, me. Poor it's it's going to say, "Golly gee, I hate that she stubbed her toe." Yeah, it's going to have sort of, a, but it's not going to stop it. It's not going to say it hates you stubbed your toe. It's not going to stop it, but I think it's going to have a sense of, "Oh, poor baby." I think it is. My, my, my pillar of love. Your law. My law. My pillar of love has a real. Investment in my experience. I just think that it has to. I can't. I can't. I cannot accept a law of love that doesn't have. See, but I can. So that makes me allow. That gives me permission to then affect, then accept that the law of cause and effect has no feeling. It's sort of just a very flat. Very you know, the world is flat. You're gonna fall off if you get to the end, without anyone really caring. <laughs> So, so I'm good with the law of cause and effect. I said all of that to say I now accept it. I now I now understand it. I accept it. The black and white, the cruelness of it. And um, cruelness. <laughs> it is not cruel. It is. It is well, neutral. It, it's neutral, which could be interpreted as cruel if I tried really hard and I don't believe it. 
Well, I, answers beyond my own understanding. Well, I have no investment in making you wrong. <laughs> however, but for the fact of educating. However, I do feel the responsibility yes, that our word. listeners understand. Yes, the truth <laughs> is. Okay, here's another definition of the law of cause and effect. This is also known as the law of destiny. Mm. It is the most powerful of all the laws and simply states that everything happens for a reason. All of your actions will have consequences. So will your inactions. Mm -hmm. It states that there is a specific cause to every effect you may encounter in your life. While spiritual laws pertain to metaphysics, this law is very similar to Newton's third law of motion, which states that for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. Right. And I get that. And I get totally now that, the, and again, it's a deeper thing. The law of cause and effect is not based on me having said 75 affirmations that I have hundred thousand dollars in the bank, I have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, I have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. I can't just say that and, and manifest it. Right. I have to believe it, I have to embrace it, I have to experience the um the uh, the feeling of it before it's there. And that feeling is what then triggers everything into action to create the physical manifestation of it. I, I really get all that. Now, I wish we had that camera streaming so you could look at her just staring at me, staring at me. I think that's staring what I, at you, trying I, to decide said, which way accurate. do I want to go with that. It's accurate. It's the feeling of already having it that generates the the shifting of the DNA to create it. Right? And why is that? And why is that? That's because that's how that evil law of cause and effect works. <laughs> that unfeeling, cold-hearted, I don't know why anybody would create that law of cause and effect works. <laughs> what I most like about the law of cause and effect is that piece that I didn't get for a long time, that even if I wasn't consciously causing something, I was causing something. I mean, that, that your inaction yes. is a cause that has an effect as well. And, you know, if you want to lose 25 pounds, and you're, as you were your example, you could say affirmations every day, all day, you know, and but you're not taking any action, and you don't really believe it, or you don't have any feeling behind it. You're just saying it. Mm -hmm. um, and so your inaction, your failure to go to the gym, your failure to change your diet, or your not failure, your choice mm -hmm. to not do anything different, will give you the appropriate result, the result that matches your action. So your actions are not to go to your actions are to you know do what you've always done. You're going to get the same result, and so that causes the it generates the effect or consequence. Right. Right. And so it's like, oh, okay. That I think that's when I really got it that it was a law versus kind of a spiritual practice to do good things to get good results. It was like, oh, whether I do something or not, I'm I'm putting a new cause in motion. Yes, we're constantly putting something in motion. By like everything said, we yes. say, do, think, feel, believe. Right. And belief believe is, is such a huge one. Yes. And the belief is then tied to what you were talking about, right. about how you feel about something. Right. I was in a workshop today, an all-day workshop with Andy Dooley, and... And have a fabulous, like amazing Dooley. time, a really amazing time. So if you're listening to the show and you have an opportunity to go to an Andy Dooley workshop, whether it's the Vibration Activation Workshop that I went to or one of his other workshops, just go. 
just trust me, go. You will have a blast and you will get some really practical um, tools and techniques that you can use. But the theme today was uh, was vibration activation. Mm. How can you activate mm-hmm. the feeling? How can right. you activate the vibration right. that will result in you manifesting what you really want? And, you know, so that all day long I've been thinking about and, and playing with and practicing this creating the feeling, creating the vibration so that you can attract what you want so that you can manifest what you want and not and get away from focusing on what you don't want mm-hmm. or what's going wrong, what's not getting results, all of that, and really shift to staying in in the vibration of manifestation. And you know, uh, you use that word, I love that word because that's a very metaphysical word, I think, the vibration. 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 And uh, years ago, I became a big understanding, a believer in that, and that when we're living more, what I call in the in the Zen or in the flow, we're literally our energy, our vibration is going at a higher rate. And what's so interesting to me is, um, for you, most all my, I don't know why, but even when I was young, I understood the law of cause and effect. I understood clearly, for me, that everything in my life. Um, I was responsible for. I didn't. I never heard of the, the term law of cause and effect or law of attraction or any of those things. But I just always knew that what was in my mind, what I was thinking about, created my external state of experience. And what I always focused on when I was younger, in my happier younger years. Uh, I would we're always younger years were not happier. <laughs> okay, yes, so I'm they sorry. were. They were not they were happier. Oh, what, when you were six? No, 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 those weren't happy. But like from like 20 to 35, I was fairly happy. You were neurotic. But I was happy in my neurosis. Oh, I because you it. didn't know the spiritual foundation that would shine the light on how neurotic you were? No, but my neurosis wasn't, it wasn't, I had a very deep spiritual program. Okay, so I'm sorry for interrupting your story. Okay, let's go back to your younger, happier years. Happier, neurotic, spiritually. In, but I was very clear that my state of mind created my experience of my experience. And if I was, there you go, it's very deep. Um, if I was in a, in, a, in a positive state of mind, it didn't matter if I had 50 cents in the bank or $5,000. If if I had a good state of mind, things happened. And I and I actually was in a period of time where I would, you know, people would give me money or I would get a bonus check or, you know, random things would happen just to get me the money that I needed in the time to do whatever I needed to do. And it was very seamless in my neurotic, sad, younger years. And uh, but there was a lot of Zen kind of activity in it, so it was very clear that my mind created my experience of the events. The events may have sucked. Yes, you are correct about that. There was a lot of events in my life that were very difficult, but somehow my sense of well-being was very high. And I've spent the last ten years trying to figure out why that's changed. Because <laughs> now I actually went through a period of time where externally I probably five years ago was probably in a better external place for a couple of years, but internally I was a mess and I was irritable and I was angry and I was mad and I was frustrated. And so now I'm manifesting all that irritable and mad. So now the last two years of my life externally has sucked. See, can this just be about me? Can we just really... Yes, let's make it all about you. So you see how those seeds that I planted, it's really interesting. If I really look back, I can absolutely... Testify. I can testify to it, but um, but it is a curious thing, and I and I do believe in that. You know that it can that I can shift back. I really do have that belief, and it's been affirmed by smarter people than me that it is possible to just you know make that turn on a dime. It's not. Well, it's one of the things that came up today was in this workshop was the question in the first I don't know thirty or forty five minutes. Early, pretty early in the day, um, he actually asked that question: 
who in the room actually believes that you could change your life today? I believe it. You know, and yeah, nobody to, raised their hand, did they? No, everybody raised their hand uh, just about. Because they don't really believe it, though. Well, everybody raised their hand <laughs> because that's, they knew they were coming to a workshop. I mean, you know, yeah. they yeah. signed up to come to a workshop yeah. that, right. you know, was about activating a higher vibration. Mm-hmm. I think if he had just shown up in the shopping mall and was asking people, do you believe that your life could change in a day? In a day? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think 80% or more of the people would be like, are you crazy? Right. Uh, so, but that whole piece of of how we can change and how what we see today is a reflection of our beliefs and our choices yesterday, last year, five years yeah. ago. Right. And that's what's rolled forward into today's experience. So if we change our beliefs today and make different choices today, there are some things that will be different tomorrow, even if it's just your internal Right, and that's all alignment. I really want is that, yes, that's right. And then, you know, when you make that choice day after day after day after day, right. then a year from now or five years from now, you have a completely different life experience. The external, right. Right. Well, external and internal. The internal might change more quickly. quickly. Mm-hmm. And then when you repeat it and repeat right. it and repeat it, then it has a different effect because you have the cause, the cause, the cause, the mm-hmm. cause building up to the point where everything else in your life has to be in alignment with that. I'm doing this uh, mantra thing that... Um, uh, where I'm saying I'm happy, joyous, and free. I'm happy, joyous, and free. I stepped in a puddle of water earlier this afternoon and just destroyed the clothing I was wearing. I'm happy, joyous, and free. I'm happy, joyous, and free. I'm not allowing myself to go into any kind of negativity. I'm walking in my house and I'm seeing that big old mess, and I'm going, I'm happy, joyous, and free. I'm happy, joyous. I'm not allowing my mind, you know, to go into any kind of, oh, my gosh, how can I still be in this situation? Oh, my gosh, how does this still happen? Oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. Oh, my God, I'm going to be 50. Oh, my God. You know, all these things, I'm cutting them off. I'm happy, choice, and free. I'm happy, choice, and free. I've been doing it about, I've been conscious about it for about four or five days. I've been actually, you know, probably, what, 60% successful with it throughout the days. But um, but I'm, I'm really, and I'm basing it on, you know, um, Remember Peter's story about not smoking when she would be smoking and she would say I'm not I'm a non-smoker and she would say it as she was lighting a cigarette and so just to have the affirmation in the face of the opposite the experience right. right and I'm so and so I understand that the affirmation itself doesn't make the change but the affirmation itself like when I stepped in that puddle of water instead of saying oh my gosh how am I going to handle this with this clothing that I have to be in front of somebody here in 10 minutes. I'm happy, joyous, and free. I'm happy, joyous, and free. So as I'm saying that, then my mind goes into, you know, they don't care what you're, you can say, yeah, I stepped in a puddle. You know, this is not, this is not like a possible, you know, thing that you know, somebody's going to be so offended by. And so it takes the catastrophe out of it, and then the experience becomes, so it shifts oh. What you saying? What you thinking? Don't be, don't be mean-spirited. <laughs> you're a practitioner. You can't be mean-spirited. <laughs> You have a higher level expectation of you now. Okay, mm-hmm. never mind. Mm-hmm. See, you have to be good to me now. What were you going to say? No, it would be funny. I'm sure it would be I know funny. you want to know. I know, I do. It would be very funny. Go ahead, go ahead. I give you a pass on your practitioner status. Well, we saying good things about people. What? What? I forgot. <laughs> that is the law of cause and effect right there. I forgot. There you go. It was good. So happy, joyous, and free. Happy, joyous, and free. That's my mantra. It was really good. Oh, it, you said. <laughs> oh, no, wait. So you said mm-hmm. that then it, you know, it was no longer a catastrophe. Right. It was not catastrophic or something like that. And yes, I was. I was mourning. You like catastrophe. Okay. Okay. You used to. Like right. catastrophe. Up until today. Up until today, but no more. Mm-hmm. 
no more chaos, no more catastrophe. Really? Mm. Oh, my goodness, our show think is going to be so think, different. Think of all the time I'll have on my hands, how boring I'll become. Wow. But, no, you can always tell the story of... Um, you can always tell the story of the day that he called the the cops, <laughs> and that will be the funniest catastrophe story. See, <laughs> I do tell people it's inherited. We are we are. I come from a family of overreactors. Uh, my overreaction is in my blood. My overreaction is in my blood. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, that wouldn't be a bad story in terms of cause and effect either. Really? It didn't cause anything? I wasn't actually dead. No, but, <laughs> thank goodness. But the the cause being what you believe, uh-huh. right, uh-huh. and how what you believe starts to chain of, react, chain of reactions and actions and choices. Ah. And so that. the perception became reality became reality even though it wasn't physically real. Correct. There were a number of people who were sure you had been kidnapped and that you were dead. And I was dead for at least two hours. My mother and my sister both thought. It's a three-minute story. I can't tell it in less than three minutes. Should we take a break? Do you want to take a break and come back and tell our listeners a great story? Very good story. It is a very fun story, even though now they already know the punchline. Yeah, that I'm not dead, that right. <laughs> But it's still a great story. So, okay, we're going to take a one-minute break, and uh, go grab something to drink or snack on, and we will be right back with you. Tracy Brown, now I can't do anything about that. You have to be powerful and put them on the air. (laughs) Well, we do have a caller from area code 912 who may simply be listening since they don't have a raised hand. But I have activated that line, so if you are listening in from area code 912, if you have a comment or just tell us that you're simply listening in and we'll leave you alone, but if you have a comment, we want to make sure you have the opportunity to add it. There you go, 912. Can you hear us? Yes. Okay. So, and that happens a lot on the show that there are people listening in. Ah. So if you ever dial in and you're listening in and you actually have a comment or a question you'd like to ask, you press 1 on your keyboard and it will give us a little symbol that's a raised hand to let us know to activate your line. So please continue to listen in. Um, and we are talking about the law of cause and effect. Maybe they were just so excited to hear the story, they didn't want to delay that anymore. Okay, let's hear the story, Leslie. Okay, this story took place when I was, uh, oh, let's think, 32 years old, quite a few years ago. I was working as a um, community health fair liaison for a local hospital here in Dallas, Texas, and one of the things that I did was health fairs each day, one particular morning, I was meeting a nurse at the hospital to prepare for the health fair for the day. Met him at about 5 a.m. at the hospital. 
And somehow, unbeknownst to me, my cell phone in my pocket dialed the last number that I had dialed, which was my mother's home phone. At this point, my mother would have been probably about 76 years old. And uh, it was 5 a.m., so she was dead asleep. She answered the phone, and she heard muffles. She heard ramblings or, you know, sounds in the background. And she was about to hang up when she could make out my voice. And she said, oh, my goodness, it's Leslie. And so she obviously started to call out my name, and I didn't respond. And she started to try to really listen, and she heard what we were talking about. And I was getting ready for the health fair, and we were talking about things like money. We were talking about things like getting the drugs. We were talking about... Uh, things like needles. And so my mother made a very natural assumption that I was being held by a person that was seeking money and drugs and that I had somehow managed to call her phone and it was up to her to save me, that that was what I was trying to get her to do was to be able to save me. So my childhood home where my mother still lives has two phone lines, as luck would have it. When I was growing up, I had my own phone line. And she never got rid of that. So she very gently placed the phone down in her bedroom and ran to the other room, picked up the other phone line, called my sister, who lives in Dallas, and said, Claire called 911. Leslie's called me. She's being held against her will and uh, possibly raped. I think at this point we added the idea that I might be being raped. I don't know if we really got that, but definitely held against her will, and she's called me to get help. So... My sister now, it's 5.05 in the morning. My sister doesn't question my mother. She doesn't stop to ask anything. She just hangs up the phone, calls 911, and says my sister is being held against her will and gives my home address. So uh, now mother goes back to her phone in the bedroom and she picks it up and she's listening for clues because now she's really engaged in this idea. She's fully committed to the idea that I have called her to help save me. So uh, the police, the Dallas police, show up at my home, and of course no one's there. And they walk around my home, and there's no sign of any kind of distress or forced entry, and so they call my sister back, and they say, ma'am, there's no one here. And my sister said, you have to get in there. You have to get in there. My sister's being held against her will. So my sister now has become fully engaged in this idea that I'm being held against my will, and the police officer said, we simply can't. And so she said, well... They said, we'd have to have someone let us in the residence. We can't break in the residence. And so my sister dispatches her husband, who is uh, tested out as a Mensa, which means he's really, really smart but not very bright. And so he's dispatched to my house to um, let the officers in. And so uh, meanwhile, Mother's still intently listening, trying to get information from me on the phone. <laughs> my brother-in-law gets to my house, and uh, my dogs are going crazy. And the uh, police officers say, you know, sir, if we uh, open that door and those dogs come at us, we will shoot and kill those dogs. And my brother, and I use the word that he's immensely because I'm really so pleased with him. My brother-in-law actually said, oh, well, we can't go in. Those dogs are her children. So he calls my sister and he says, oh, we can't go in. They're going to shoot and kill the dogs. And my sister screams out, you get in there, you get in there. You get in there. You get some police in there. Leslie's being held against her will. So gratefully, when they went in, the dogs retreated. I'll bark no bite. And um, they searched the house, and of course I wasn't there. And so uh, then, somehow, Mother's been going back and forth, back and forth from Claire, my sister's phone, to uh, my phone to try to get, again, get clues from me. And somewhere when she was talking on the other phone, my cell phone battery dies. So when Mother returns to this phone, the line is dead. And so she makes the next natural assumption that I was killed. And not only was I killed, but I had called for her to be there in my final moment, and I and she had missed it. And so she calls her church. My mother and father were charter members of their local church here in Dallas, Texas, and she alerts the uh, secretary that um, that I've been killed, and that she needs to talk to the minister. And then she calls her sister, who we've had strange relationships with because of some sexual abuse in my childhood with a brother-in-law and um, says Leslie's been killed. You need to get over here right now. And so then that so that reality then permeates my sister thinks I'm dead, my aunt now thinks I'm dead, half of the church thinks I'm dead and you know mother is consumed <coughs> with the idea that I'm dead. So Meanwhile, my pager, this was back in the day where you had a pager and a cell phone. My pager's been going off, 911, 911 to the hospital, and I haven't been able to return the call because we're 
backed up at his health care. So finally, oh, your cell phone battery. Yeah, dead. now his cell phone battery is dead. So finally, I get a break and I go and I find a landline. I call the hospital. I said, "What's going on?" They said, "My God, Leslie, the Dallas police are here. They say you've been abducted and killed." And I'm like, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so I call. They said, "You need to call your mother." So I call my mother's house and, I, and my aunt is there. This this woman that we hadn't really had much contact with in several years. And so I said, well, what are you doing there? She said, oh, Leslie, your mother said that you called her and that you had this, you know, you were being held. And I said, oh, my gosh, no, that that's not true. Something dreadful has happened. I call, I hang up the phone, I call 911, I try to get an ambulance to go to Mother's house. <laughs> <laughs> it takes about 20 minutes to unravel the whole thing. But, you know, I think we're, you know, we did it with good intention. We all love each other, but it's, it really is a powerful thing how one person can have a belief so powerful and nowhere along the line even at the end the Dallas police were really invested in the hunt they were convinced and I think that's very unusual that the police kind of engage in a missing person like right away because they ended up at the hospital they ended up at the time I had a girlfriend they ended up at her work looking for you know to make sure she was safe to make sure she knew where I was so the whole city (laughs) very exciting and that is really how cause and effect works, though, because because her belief is strong, right? Yeah. And then it affects other people who get pulled into the story you are making up, right? About right. life, right? And it's all invented anyway. Everything we do and everything we believe, we make it up. Mm-hmm. We're just more conscious of doing that sometimes, especially when things go well, and we want to claim credit for you know choosing that. And when things go bad, we look for someone else to blame. But often it's just, we made the story up. We got these three clues, and then we said, this is what it means. And the universe always says yes, although in this case, the universe didn't say yes to you being (laughs) dead. But the universe said yes to, well, if this is true, then we need to investigate this, and we need to call this person, and all these other things happen. And it is interesting how people will go along with the story. You know, I'm a big believer in stepping into people's lives even when I haven't been really invited. But, um, you know, I think at some point, I don't know, maybe my brother-in-law did, but, you know, my sister never stopped to say, wait a second, you know, and the Dallas police, you know, maybe they tried, but maybe they felt like they couldn't. But, you know, it sounds like everybody just kind of bought into this idea with her. And so, because I think the level of her passion and yeah. the level of her belief was so strong that, you know, nobody would have dared doubt it. And that goes back to what you said earlier about feeling, yeah. our feeling, how we feel about something is what really drives the train. You know, it's really what puts the the energy, the fuel mm-hmm. into what we're doing, and so when that feeling is so strong and you have such clarity, mm-hmm. right? then, you know, everything else has to get out of the way or get in line, has to align with it or move over. And, and how many times do I have a story of, you know, downtroddenness or something, and somebody tries to come in, and they'll have a positive, oh, Leslie, you can do this, or oh, let's look at it a different way, or let's... Try to, to tackle this from over here, and I'll be like, no, 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 no. You need to you leave. You don't understand. You need to leave because you're not. You know, you don't see how terrible it is, and so you're not. You're not being helpful. Because <laughs> right. I'm really just looking for affirmation of how hard it is. You know, I'm not really looking for any kind of change of, that it can get better. So we actually, I think, will get rid of people. And I know I have been gotten rid of <laughs> in people's lives because I'll be the one going. But you see how you just said I never have any money and no one likes me. You've got to stop saying that. you got to stop saying that. And so, you know, people will just be done with my friendship before they're looking at their own kind of thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's funny. Choosing this topic, the law of cause and effect, like so many other topics that we have chosen in the last two years, not really knowing where we're going to go with it or how it's going to show up, but this whole idea of when we say yes to spirit, mm-hmm. you know, our lives are better, our lives are enriched. And by saying yes to spirit and making decisions consciously that are spiritually guided, 
we are doing a lot to put a more positive cause into action. Right. And it's a conscious thing. It's a conscious thing. And that's why I said Moon talking about at the top of the hour that, you know, we are doing it consciously or unconsciously. And once I at least become conscious of it, um, you know, that in and of itself is like, I, I do work with the women in the Dallas County Jail, and that moment, because I'm constantly kind of talking about that idea that your choices, you know, they get the idea that their choice got them in jail. They get that. They can make that connection pretty easily, although to some, you know, it's a boyfriend or it's somebody else's fault. But most get that connection. What they don't get the connection right away with is how crummy my day is today is my choice. Right. And how awful it is to be in jail today is my choice. Right. And when they finally get that, that's amazing. And then you talk about somebody that, like, you know, becomes the evangelical person. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they become on fire with this idea. Oh, no, I can really still have a good day. I can be a productive day. I can be a great day. I can, you know, do all these productive things while I'm in jail. And it's like they just light up with that understanding. When they really get it, that even though I'm in jail, I can still have a powerfully positive day because it's my choice. Right. Within these circumstances, some of which I control and many of which I do not, mm -hmm. it's still my choice mm -hmm. to do the things that bring me inner peace, to do the things that I can within whatever limitations are around me. And, you know, sometimes those of us who are not in jail. Physical jail. Right. A, a building, we don't live in a building that has jail or prison on the front of it. We create more restrictions on ourselves yes. than people who are actually in a jail or a prison. We have, it must be this way, oh, woe is me, I'm a victim, I have need to blame all these other people. And what we, in effect, do is put this box around us so tight, and then we tell ourselves life sucks and... <laughs> You know, and it's terrible, and that's what we get. Mm -hmm. That's what we get. And it's real hard to really get into that hump of understanding, get over that hump of saying, you know, if there's things out of whack, it's because of me. It's not because of my childhood. It's not because of my crappy marriage. It's not because of my bad job. At the end of the day, my state of affairs is in between my lobe and my temples, my ears, in between my ears. And uh, and that is all me. That is 100% me. So, uh, uh, right. <laughs> a couple of years ago when I was taking a class, and that, that's what I remember, somebody was in the class who we were having a conversation about ultimately each one of us is responsible mm -hmm. for what we make of our life. And that that was like... Hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't want to accept that. That means I really can't blame anyone else. I can't point the finger at someone else. I can't be excused because I don't want to focus mm -hmm. and take responsibility. It can be really pretty cushy being the victim. <laughs> well, in some ways, yes. Yeah, I mean, you you know that you're going to complain all day, <laughs> and people give you attention and pat you on the back or say, oh, I'm Did so they do that? sorry <laughs> they do, that they're treating you that way. And, you know, you get attention. Yes. But if you didn't, no one would be the victim if you didn't really get some attention. If there weren't players, and again, I think that's my point, is I can really see over the course of my life how... People have come and gone out of my life physically based on the story that I am telling. Literally, people have moved in and out of my life to support the story that I'm telling. And that's a powerful thing. That is a powerful thing. I think that's a great example of how cause and effect work when we are not really paying attention. Mm. Because I agree with you. I can think of different times in my life and the same thing, people moving in and out. Sometimes at my choice, but more often than not, relationships get stronger or weaker mm -hmm. depending on what I'm focused on and what I am claiming for my life. Right. And relationships in, and, I, and, we, and we grieve that, 
but there's an interesting twist. I can, you know, absolutely look back at the pattern of my life and see how every relationship that ended, wow, was a springboard. I was really done. Whether I ended or the other person ended, it was done. And isn't it interesting that the retrospect, I can see the, the real positive, you know, and, and how to get that retrospect look in real time, how to, how to really claim that, the uh, observer eye, we've talked about that before, you know, to see the big picture in the here and now is a gift. Mm-hmm. So cause and effect. Spiritual, spiritual practices. practices. Yeah. We always try to um, do, mention spiritual practices that help or that are related to whatever our theme is. For those of you who are listening to us for the first time, uh, we haven't left a lot of time to do that today. But um, what is a spiritual practice that would support cause and effect? Tracy Brown, RCP, RPC, CP, R practitioner. <laughs> <laughs> the initial spiritual counselor. A uh, spiritual coach or counselor works really well. Uh-huh. I'm looking for my business yeah, card. Yeah, we usually so right there. So. Um, there are, there are a lot of things, and as usual, some of the same ones that are tried and true come up, and that's why they're tried and true. So if if I wanted to have some spiritual practices that made me more intentional yes. about what cause I set in motion, yes. um, obviously affirmations. Affirmations are directive spiritual practices, they claim what you want and how you see your life becoming, what you see your life um, manifesting, how you want to be in the world. So writing and saying and using affirmations would be a really appropriate spiritual practice. Um, When people talk about wanting to change their beliefs, you know, visioning becomes a really good mm. practice, spiritual practice, um, that the visioning process opens you up to what is your, what's the highest vision for your life, and then you begin to see that and believe that and make choices that are in alignment with that. Like a vision board would fall into the category of a direction. So visualizing with a vision board would be a third spiritual practice, having a vision board or a treasure map. Uh, visualizing is very directive, where visioning is receptive. Oh, right, right, right. I get so, very confused. Yeah. So that's that's three different spiritual practices that you could use. I think uh, we often come up with uh, using prayer partners. Yes, and I think you know um, having that you know prayer partner accountability. <laughs> I like to you know use hard words. But, you know, having somebody kind of tracking with me in a positive way and that I give permission to say, ooh, don't talk that way. You know, I'm okay with anybody saying that to me, but, you know, I want to have two or three people that really are identified to kind of catch me. Right, because then when they say it, you don't, you don't it dismiss it. Right. You're like, oh, wait a minute. That's, you know, John's saying that, and John knows where I'm trying to go, and, okay, that's the answer. And I'll let you know how that... Happy, joyous, and free, happy, joyous, and free, happy, joyous, and free works, because I'm going to do that all week. Great. So um, that's it for the law of cause and effect. It's a huge law. It's a primary law. I'm sure it it will come up when we talk about other things. Um, As I mentioned at the top of the hour, we are moving the show around during March and April, just trying out different dates, different times of the day, different days of the week. So please... uh, Look at our primary show page, blogtalkradio.com forward slash YTS, to see when we are scheduled each week for the next few weeks. Uh, next week, we will be on Saturday morning at 10 a.m., but uh, which was the, our primary time for the last year. But then the week after that, we'll be moving it around as well. So we're really glad that you joined us today on Say Yes to Spirit and encourage you, if you have comments, to add them to the blog on the main show page um, and let us know what you thought about today's show or if you have topics you think we should cover in the future. Until we meet again, say Say yes yes to to spirit.
Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.